The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into another edition of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, I sit down with Tyler Milliken. He is the one of the producers of Zolak and Bertrand on 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. He's also the co-host of the Jared Carabas podcast talking about the Boston Red Sox. We talk about how he got into both of those ventures, how he balances the two, how popular he's gotten, and the process of producing for Zolak and Bertrand. So enjoy Tyler Milliken. Tyler, I'm going to start with kind of my my stock question that I ask producers. And I love asking this question because everybody's process is so different. When you work with Zoe and Bertrand, what exactly are they looking for from their producers? Because some producers plan the show and the host just kind of recites what the what the producer has planned. Other hosts have total ownership of the show and want to do everything themselves and are just looking for limited support. What exactly are Zoe and Bertrand looking for from you, from their producer team? It's definitely more on the side of like a lot of content kind of prepared for them, not in terms of, you know, what they're going with in terms of takes, but in terms of subjects. Uh, So we'll go through, we use Slack, like a lot of different shows or, you know, a lot of different things. And we'll give them, you know, 35 to 40 stories for a typical day, just different angles, different stuff to kind of talk about. And we'll kind of outline them all and just throw it out there. We don't really like to be too strict with any of it. We want them to gravitate towards what they really connect with. Because at the end of the day, if they're not passionate one way or about it, it's cool if we have a take on or if we feel some type of way, that chemistry, that organic you know, conversation is only going to take place if they're into it. And we kind of tend to put it in their hands in that way. We just give them the ingredients and see what they can make. When you say 35 to 40 stories, is that 35 to 40 different stories? Or are there a bunch of offshoots off the same topic? And that's part of that number. Like, hey, Mac Jones is hurt. What is it? Their story one. Can they win with Brian Hoyer? That's story two. Is it more like that? Or is it 35 to 40 truly different things? It's definitely more towards that first side where it's a lot of angles and just branching off one conversation into another. Maybe one segment leads you down one road and you kind of look at the opposite perspective. But, you know, when you're working in radio, especially sports during the summer, there's some of those really dead periods where you have to grind out topics and different stuff like that. Um, But that's how we kind of like to work off of things is, you know, this hour we want to start here and let's kind of walk down that road and see how far it takes us. And maybe we finish the hour with a couple, you know, short little avenues we go down, but we like to kind of stay on subject from an hour to hour basis and see where it takes us. How much time do you guys allow for the quote fun talk, the guy talk, the lifestyle talk, how regimented is it versus hard hitting sports news and takes versus, Hey, I went to the grocery store or that guy cut me off in the the parking lot, et cetera. I think the beauty of Zolak and Bertrand is we do mix in a lot of that lifestyle, fun storytelling, what's going on in your life, what's bothering you on your way in here today. And we've always kind of, you know, I've only worked on Zolak Zolak and Bertrand for about a year overall on my end, but filling in and stuff for almost two. Zolak and Bertrand, some of our best and most iconic moments are when they branch away from sports. When you see their personalities and their characters, the real life stuff kind of pop out. Um, So I would say our show... 
obviously very sports-based, especially during football season when you're in the thick of it. But you'll see us during baseball season, that summer period. We'll do an hour on a random topic and kind of walk down that path. Sports always comes first, but we're not scared to sprinkle in the other stuff. You know, Zoe is traveling a lot in football season, being the voice of the Patriots on the color side. How much do you have to kind of do go, I don't know, is it go above and beyond to make sure he's prepared? Because look, the, the other night, you know, he might not have seen Sunday Night Baseball because he's doing Patriots-Ravens, or he might be on a plane and have missed that night's Celtics game. So how much do you have to do to make sure that he's fully covered? Zoe might want to act like he you know, isn't always into one thing or another. It's always football first with him. That's not who Scott Solak really is. He is a grinder all the way through. Like I talked about earlier with Slack and stuff, you know, if there's a game, maybe he only caught a part of, we'll throw in some of those notes or those angles and he'll do his research, but there's not a day Zoe comes in and he's not ready to go off on a subject or at least have some kind of perspective on it. But like you said, it is a little hard when he's traveling and sometimes a show on Friday ends up being, you know, remote from him. And you have one guy on Zoom and you're kind of balancing that act a little bit. But for the most part, and really overall, all three of the guys, Hardy, Beetle, and Zoe, they grind out sports. They are not people who really are super into anything else. They live and die on this stuff. And I feel like when you're in this industry, you know, you don't take many nights off. Even a night off is still watching sports. (laughs) And that's how I've always viewed it from them, too. How much crossover is there between shows at the Sports Hub? Are you using a lot of the opinion or interview stuff that Felger and Maz might have used, or is it your morning shows, et cetera? It's interesting. So I would definitely say we all borrow, especially, you know, morning to midday to afternoon. So Toucher and Rich and Felger and Maz, where we're constantly like, if you have a great interview on that morning, say, someone like Ted Johnson is on doing a spot or Albert Breer or whoever it may be. And they have a hot take or something that kind of catches our ear. We never hesitate to play it back. But even beyond that, you know, from my perspective, I'd go on a lot of nerdy baseball rants last year. <laughs> Felger and Maz, who are anti-nerd, you know, traditional old school baseball, they'd play back my takes and just go off. Rip me, sometimes agree once in a while, but mostly rip. And I think that's the beautiful part where, you know, if you're starting your day and you're listening to a morning show, you might hear that same conversation spark back up through the afternoon show. So it's just all that kind of sports hub conversation mixed together. Um, It's not constant. You know, it's not like an everyday thing, but we're never scared to kind of bleed into each other a little bit. You know, the perception, this is perception, but the perception is that the sports hub talks football and then basketball and then hockey because they own the rights to all three of those. The perception is that sports hub doesn't talk baseball because the other radio station in town owns the baseball rights. But it's really interesting for you guys this year that you're on the Carabas podcast, so you're super connected to the Red Sox. Maz is doing work with Nesson, so he's super connected to the Red Sox. Has there been more baseball talk this year, you think, given the tie-ins that you guys have with the team or with the baseball community? Personally, I say no. I think that idea can kind of get lost, and it's a lot of a social media thing. But, you know, really this year in a down year where the Red Sox are, you know, no longer really super interesting to talk about, at least from an in-season standpoint, and you're on to off-season talk. Last year, where there wasn't a ton of buzz, even when they were playing well, you really didn't hit that hype train until September and October. We were talking Red Sox every single day. And I do think it differentiates a little bit between shows. You know, Zolak and Bertram, we do heavy, heavy football. Uh, But Felger and Maz, they never hesitate. Maz has been hosting the baseball hour going back, you know, for some time now. And we've always kind of built off that. So people can say, you know, I don't feel like there's a lot there between me, 
Maz, Matt McCarthy hosting yeah. hardcore baseball and all that different stuff. There's a lot of baseball content to be found at the sports hub. Is it a little different, obviously, because we don't have the rights in that sense? Sure, but it's never something we hesitate towards. It's just what's at the front of the Boston sports fan mind. That's always what we try to aim at. Let's talk about the Caravas podcast, another thing you're involved in there. I mean, Caravas is one of the biggest names in baseball. He's one of the biggest names in Red Sox media for sure. Why are you the guy who's his co-host? I asked myself that question. How did I end up here? Like, I'll be the first person to tell you I'm an OG Section 10 fan. Like, I was a kid in high school growing up, just listening to Jared, seeing his climb through Barstool and blogging before that and then through there and into the podcasting world. And I was just lucky. You know, it, a lot of it is. And with radio, a lot of people will tell you it's networking and connections. And I joined Zolak and Bertrand a little over a year ago and Everything lined up last year with the 2021 Red Sox where I was super high on them. I was ranting, you know, Bloom guy continuing to push and push. And more than anything, you know, Jimmy Stewart, who's the Felger and Maz producer, uh, Jared and him have a very close relationship over the years. Jimmy Stewart has helped him get a lot of opportunities and kind of connect. He connected us. I'll be the first person to tell you, you know, it may sound like on the podcast, like me and Jared have known each other for a long time. I didn't know Jared until maybe mid-March this year. And we kind of hooked up that way, just having conversations back and forth. And from one passionate baseball fan who was trying to make an impact in that Red Sox community, he had seen me, but we had never really interacted. We came together when he was trying to come up with this next step for the podcast, you know, moving on to DraftKings. And it just all played out that way. But a lot of it's timing. A lot of it's just things kind of rolling in my favor. And I think for anybody in this position, it takes a lot of things like that to make it happen. How do you balance the two? It's not easy. And I'm not perfect at it. You know, this is my first year. Uh, you know, I'm only 24. So it's still a lot of, you know, still learning the industry of just radio. Never mind the podcasting, you know, sphere and everything. But really the way it's played out. So we record at the end of every series for uh, the Carabas pod and we don't record till the game's over. So, you know, we start recording somewhere between 10 to 1130 at night. People who listen to the pod know it's about two to three hours. So yeah. we won't finish until one or two in the morning. I get up at 430 in the morning for work every day because uh, yeah. I'm a very hep or heavy preparation guy, whether it's baseball stuff I'm doing on the show that day or just preparing stuff for the guys. And, you know, I have a long commute. We just moved studios from uh, Dorchester to Waltham. So my schedule is not balanced. It is not super healthy, especially during baseball season. I'll be the first person to tell you. But if you want to work in this industry, people will tell you it's you're never going to have a great kind of work life balance. You know, you live for sports and these different things. And when you're passionate, it makes it a lot easier. But it's a task. And there's been times where, hey, Jared, you know, we're West Coast, you know, West Coast kind of schedule. The Red Sox aren't done playing till 1.30 in the morning here. I got to be up in three hours. Were there times where I recorded this year and I just pulled all-nighters? Sure. But can you do it all the time? No. And that's why we're lucky on the pod to have, you know, Pat and Pete and Coley at times come in and play a role in terms of taking some of that weight off my shoulders. You mentioned being new to the business, being just 24 years old. What are some of the things over the last year, whether it's through the podcast or through 98.5 The Sports Hub, what are some of the things that you've really learned and honed in on? It's how fortunate you have to be in your spot. You know, when I graduated college, I, I originally was an intern at 98.5 on Zolak and Bertrand right when COVID happened. I had started at the end of January or mid-January. I was out the first week of March. That was it. It was like five weeks. 
I hadn't really made much of an impact. Like I had one segment on air where I broke down the Mookie Betts trade. And at the time it went really well, but you know, you can only make such an impression in five weeks. All the COVID goes on, whatever. I graduate college. I'm door dashing and working at Target. Uh, you know, I, I was not even anywhere close to the industry, just tweeting and trying to create content, writing. And, you know, Jim Louth, our assistant PD, called me in September and was like, hey, you want to do overnights? Started doing overnights and it led me down the road of, you know, over the course of that first year, overnights, fill ins for shows. And, I'd start filling in on Zolak and Bertrand and I'd go on these crazy Red Sox rants. And it was an element the show really didn't have at the time. Uh, and it just kind of all came together perfectly. And, you know, I, I was learning a lot of production skills in this different stuff. And it was a lot because I didn't have great production skills when I entered the industry. Um, but it's really been just realizing it's a grind. You know, you can't look at it and say from a financial standpoint right away, like this will determine whether I'm successful or not. It's really realizing you got to earn your time in this industry. You got to earn respect. And that's the stuff that will lead you to make the connections you want, where you're working with a Jared Carabas now beyond just a radio show. And, you know, you'll see when you work at different radio stations, there's people who put years and years and years into this business and they don't see much movement or there's a lot of frustration there. For me personally, just be very grateful with where you're at and continue to grind and show that beyond just the one platform you're on, you can build your voice to touch other platforms and have value because that's how you become a commodity to these other you know, groups, podcasting, all these different industries. How much time do you spend at Fenway and hanging out with listeners and stuff? Because anywhere that, that Jared goes, there's a huge following and everybody associated with his work has a huge following. So how much time do you spend uh, at Fenway and interacting with listeners of, of either show you're a part of? I'll be the first one to tell you, I am not a party guy. I am a very kind of home. I want to just chill. I want to watch the Red Sox on my TV <laughs> and tweet. Um, I've probably been to three or four games this year total. So mm. I, I'm I, I'm three or four total. I'm not at Fenway every night. I'm not one of those guys. Jared is a grinder. He lives across the street. I live about 40 minutes away from Boston. So okay. it is a little bit of a hike up for me to kind of do those different things. But in terms of interacting with fans on Friday was my first time ever at a you know we had our live kind of watch party and it was a party man <laughs> like I, i'm not a heavy you know drinker or anything like that but you get out there i had never taken pictures with fans and done all this different stuff before but it's wild you know when you can really see the amount of people that love what you do or are super into just like the lore of the podcast and all this stuff it it shakes your mind and it really kind of inspires you and i feel like i'm just starting to touch down into a lot of that stuff but that stuff, I can't really imagine anything cooler. I thought Tyler was great. And for someone so young, he had a lot of really good experiences already in his career and a lot of good perspective in his career. Certainly recognizes how fortunate he is to be working on the Carabas podcast, how fortunate he is to be working with Zolak and Bertrand. I love what he said about Zoe, that Zoe gives off the appearance of not being that prepared, but he certainly is all that prepared. Loved him talking about the crossover between shows at 98.5 The Sports Hub and the camaraderie that all the shows have there. So uh, Tyler Milliken, certainly young guy, but with a lot of potential in this business and excited to see where he goes from here. So hope you enjoy Tyler Milliken. We'll see you on the next episode of the Baird Sports Media Producers Podcast.